Well, the season is almost upon us and hopefully for Baggies fans, the 22-23 campaign will mark the dawning of a new era under Steve Bruce. And it's almost ironic that as a new season begins, one Baggies chapter is coming to its conclusion. Welcome to the Baggies broadcast brought to you by the Kettle and Toaster Man. My name is Johnny Jury and as always, I'm joined by Baggies correspondent and my good friend Joe Massey, who, as you'll have all seen on social media, is set to depart the Express and Star and the Baggies broadcast this week. Joe, how's it going, mate? It's been a busy few weeks for you. You doing all right? All right, mate. I'm all right, mate. Thank you very much. Yeah, very, very um, well, emotional, I suppose, is the word. Yeah, it's, um, can't, it hasn't really sunk in, to be honest, mate. I know this is our last podcast, which is just absolutely mind-boggling for me. Um, yeah, everything's happened really fast. It's been a big change. Um, processing it has been incredible. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm so proud of this podcast. I really, really am. Like, I'm really, really, um, um, probably like this is the thing I'm most proud of, really, in terms of the time I've covered Albion. And yeah, honestly, uh, you know it. You know, I absolutely love working with you. Obviously, love working with Luke Hatfield before as well. And yeah, it's just sad, mate. I'm genuinely sad. I'm genuinely sad. So this is our last podcast because it's been. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say. I don't. I haven't really got the words. Really, it's been. It's been amazing. We've had a. We've had a right laugh, haven't we? Well, it's your last pod, Joe. We're all absolutely gutted you're going, mate. And we'll make it, well, we're going to make it a special pod as it's your last one. And we'll come on to a few bits and bobs and a few surprises a little bit later on in the episode. Um, but there's much to chew over with the Albion. We're not going to let you sort of have a quiet last few days. We've got to sort of get some Albion chat and answer some questions. And we'll start by recapping on um, Hertha Berlin. It was the last friendly, Joe. We, you know, we spoke about it after the game on Saturday. So we'll just sort of recap on it briefly. It was always going to be the toughest friendly. Luckily, it produced a good, certainly second-half performance from Albion. Two goals and a win, which uh, is a, probably the perfect tonic. Is it heading into the season? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think it was a real positive day, really. I think um, in terms of in terms of the, what happened on the field. Look, Albion, would, they, they were second-best first half, I think we've got to be honest. They were very good technically, uh, Berlin, and moved the ball really, really well uh, and scored a very, very good goal. I mean, it was very, very good goal. I mean, Steve Bruce afterwards, he was like, he wanted to applaud it, and he said, as a manager, you sort of look for fault, don't you? You look for where you could stop the go- a goal like that, any goal you concede, really. But you couldn't really with that one. Would have been and quite just... funny if he did applaud it, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, looks. I think we were all almost <laughs> like doing it, weren't we? I mean, it was that good a goal. It was, it was, it was, it was top draw. But yeah, so yeah, first half, yeah, Herbalin with a better team. Albion, it was, it wasn't a lot of chance in it. It was pretty even overall. But Herbalin were the better team. Second half, I thought Albion were much better, the, the better team. Um, big impact from the bench, as we all know from. Both Grady Dean Garner and Daryl DK. Um, and yeah, they went on and deservedly won the game. And I think, yeah, look, there was a massive golf in like Albion played League One, League Two sides, haven't they, all throughout preseason? I think only one League One side really in Oxford. Um, so it was a big, big, big step up in class um against her Berlin, a Bundesliga side. I think Albion raised the game a little bit. I think every, every look, I mean Bruce has said it. Um, countless times, but everyone everyone had got bored with the friendlies. Everyone they, they re- it did really all feel like we were going through the motions, just sort of heading he- heading to wherever we were going, and everyone was going through the motions. Really, it was all about fitness. But it felt like the you know, sort of the ante was up against her Berlin. Everyone had a bit more of a point to prove. It was the last friendly before the before the actual action gets underway. Um, so yeah, it was a positive positive day, and I think so many positive signs in terms of really from the bench. Grady Dingan, obviously, he's had a good pre-season. We're all desperate to see Grady back to his best. He's showing signs that he is getting there without a shadow of a doubt. He put the ball on a plate, really, for John Swift to equalise. 
it was all Grady's work. Um, it was a good finish from Swift, but it was Grady who did the hard work. And then Daryl DK's header, which I thought was an absolutely brilliant header from a Jed Wallace cross. And Jed Wallace, very, very kind afterwards. He said about DK, um, he's a striker that can make average crosses look good. I think Jed Wallace is doing himself a massive disservice there. Yeah. Um, because I've I got to say, Jed Wallace is rapidly becoming my favourite Albion player. Um, I just think he's absolutely class. Um, but... Yeah, he's going to send in countless balls like that. And we did say this on the video, but I think it's I think it's important to stress. I've watched every preseason game and I've watched Wallace and other players put in balls that DK has always met. He's always met the headers. But if we're being honest, his header's been a bit wayward. Um, they've, they've gone wide. They've gone some of them have gone quite considerably wide. But the but the thing was, he was always getting in those areas. He was always in the right positions to meet the cross. He just had to sharpen up really. Um, and I think that goal showed that the sharpness is coming. I think I, I still, I mean, I've still got, I've got so much confidence in DK. I still think he's going to be an absolute phenomenon for Albion. And I think now that sharpness is coming. If he can, Wallace is going to consistently put those balls into the box consistently. The time is just, he's in it his whole career. The, the service is going to be there for Daryl DK. Um, there's no doubt about that. Um, so I think, I think, I just think he's going to score goals. I really do. I think it was uh, a, a really prom- promising performance. Yeah, I think Bruce said he knows he's 11 for Borough, but I think he also said that some questions would have been asked in his head from that performance last week, whether I got my, well, I was reading a bit muddled up. Do you think performances last week might have sort of put a question in his mind if he did have his sort of Borough team drafted out pre I think, I think what he's, I think what he tried to say afterwards was that basically he knew his team now based on Based on after the Herbal game, Herbal. I think like I get, look, don't get me wrong. I think he was probably ninety five percent there anyway, but that just helped just finalise it in his head. Yeah, um, yeah. what is he going to do? We just don't know. Um, is it because of his truth? He's got he's got options. He's got he's only got two options up front really, in Daryl DK and Carlin Grant. You would imagine it'll be DK who gets that role. Then obviously, then you have the debate again about whether Grant starts on the left or Grady Dean Gunn starts on the left. I do think we all have to remember it is Middlesbrough. Like it's not, like it's not. Don't be disrespectful to any team, but let's say I don't know. Uh, I want to say Millwall for some reason. But it's probably because I can't stop talking about Jed Wallace. But if it, if, it, if, it, if it was Millwall at home, it's a different kettle of fish to Middlesbrough away. So I think Abin, do you do have to take in account the opposition? So they're going to have to shore it up a little bit in Middlesbrough. They can't just go gung ho and just try and outplay everyone personally. I think they. It's got to be a balance in that, but another decisions really. I think he's got to make. Um, is it going to be four-two-three? is it going to be four-three-three? I can't see it being any different from that. Um, who's going to play up front? I think it'll be DK. Who's going to play on the left? It's a toss up between Grady Dean Garner, Carlin Grant, maybe, and maybe even Matt Phillips because it's Middlesbrough and he does give you more discipline. The way he um, said that maybe the Middlesbrough might have, that um, here's a performance might have. You know, he knows his eleven after that performance. <laughs> Does that maybe lend itself to some fans maybe rightly thinking that it might be Dean Garner who gets the nod because he had a very good game against Hertha when he came on? It it might, uh, it might. But I think I think everyone like everyone gets so carried away in football. Like we all live, we're all guilty of it. I mean, I'm guilty of it as well. Like, we're all we're all like, I mean, we're not as extreme as you. I mean, you literally change per ten every ten minutes in a game. I, I but... told you, I told you this. It's the comedic value. It's a character I like to play. It keeps you entertained. I'll drop it now. I'll drop it now. We're going down. 
Um, but You're what not I was... so I can drop my character now. I can, I, can, I can watch Albion games with a very much level head. Absolute rubbish. It's pure you, literally going through every emotion, every game. So high, so low. It's crazy. It's hilarious. Um, but I do think we have to put in context that it was the last 15 minutes of a pre-season friendly. Like, I don't know if... As great as DK and Dean Garner were in that 15 minutes, it was it was the last 15 minutes of a pre-season friendly. I, don't, I just... How much can you really look into that? I'm not really sure. But I think... I think yeah, I think Bruce and Bruce obviously knows what he's going to do. It's a real tough one, the Grady Grant thing. It's a real, real tough one. I've always been Carlin Grant. Look, I've always said I love Grady as well. Desperate to see him get back to his best. It's, it's a real, real tough call. Um, I honestly don't know which way he's going to go. You're turning your back on Carlin and the last. No, one. no, no, not at all, mate. Like, I think you are. I'm not. I'm not because <laughs> Carlin has scored three goals in preseason. Um, so it's it, again, it's it's like it's like the end. I do I do feel like Colin Grant is the most underappreciated footballer at Albion. There's, I, that will that that will never change really. I think everyone's sort of excited by so and so getting an assist or so and so scoring a goal and this that and the other. And then Colin's sort of quietly gone under the radar and got three goals. And I think he's probably top scorer from preseason. Um, so even even Colin Grant's harshest critic has to accept that that that, that lad delivers. He does deliver. His numbers are very, very good. Um, so I think it's a real debate. Look, I love the flair Grady brings. I love the flair Grady brings. And the, and the, and the, he's, he's got the X factor. He's entertaining. Um, yeah. I just think my thing with Colin Grant is if Albion are going to win 1-0 at Middlesbrough on Saturday, he's more likely to get that goal. And, I, and for me, it's Carlin. Um, but yeah. Massive, massive decision for Bruce to make. It's a, it's a, it's a great debate. It's a great, it's a really great debate because it, everything. It's also dive- a good headache for Bruce to have, I suppose. It's not like a headache he had last season where Albion's front line was pretty, pretty blunt. Whereas now, aside from Grant, who scored, you know, who did score goals, but apart from that, it was one that really picked itself, wasn't it? Now he's got luxury of options and sort of his line on Saturday after the game, you know, a, a forward line to get excited about, which is. You'd rather have the headache, wouldn't you, in selection of numbers rather than the headache of we haven't really got enough. Yeah, and all the players are talking about it as well. Like Wallace and Swift have done quite a few interviews recently and they're all talking about the strength. And that's what they're most excited about, I think. They've obviously come from Reading and Millwall and they can see that on the bench, Albion have got players that would be starting every week for those teams. I mean, we're looking at, we're probably looking at Matt Phillips and Callum Robinson in reserve, aren't we, at this moment in time? Like, I mean, they're very good championship players. So, and it is going to be five subs this season. Everyone is going to play a part. It is going to be a long season, 46 games. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I, do, I just think, for me, Carlin starts, but if if he underperforms the first couple of games and Grady comes in and does brilliantly, then you change it then, is my opinion. Um, but I think Carlin deserves his place um, at this moment in time. Yeah. Um, just a bit further back from then, we saw at our first glimpse since he was over in the Premier League of OK Kushleon. On Saturday, he was in the centre of the field alongside Luke Hatfield, um, doing his his Albion his Albion stuff. Although a few Albion fans were uh, making a joke, it was David Button Mark Two, which uh, I thought was quite a 
He loves it. I mean, that was hilarious watching Luke Hatfield great. Okay, you could live in the middle of the park. Apparently, I, I haven't I seen didn't that. see it. I was getting the. I was still doing my tea. Well, my T boy duty started again, didn't it? Because we were back at the Hawthorne. So there you go. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't. Apparently, it was for a TikTok video. I haven't seen it. I'm not. Re- I'm not on TikTok. I've got to be honest. Um, but um, yeah, apparently Luke Hatfield left his house doing a fist bump and then ended it with a fist bump. So oh, yeah, it was very cool. It was, very was it cool? cool? Was it cool? It was cool. Yeah. I have you seen that? Yeah. I think it was on Albion's Twitter. I think they posted it on Twitter as well. So. How did they? It was, uh, yeah. Oh, but right, okay. but yeah, it greeted the fans. Had pictures, you know, signing shirts and stuff. And and then it, the, he did an interview, I think, with the club media after he'd been training, and it came out sort of Sunday, Monday. Um, I think it was Sunday. Um, and basically saying that. He wouldn't have dropped into the championship for anyone else but Albion, which it's quite a unique signing, really, isn't it, Joe? Because you never really hear that, and you know, it's just that the situation seems to be quite unique in the way that Albion have got him. Very, very unique, and it's all about that first stint, isn't it? And sort of the relationship he's had with people at the club and the fans. Like he, that's what's brought him back. I mean, it's strange I, enough that what what we said, didn't we? Oh, I, I, I think I mentioned it to Joe Chapman um, from the Birmingham Mail on Saturday, sort of a couple of hours before the game. I've never seen so much. Hoo-ha, if you want to met over a player who played 16 games for Albion in a COVID-ridden season where there was no fans in the ground. That's not me playing down that he's any good. He's a brilliant footballer. We've all seen that. But it's probably there's probably the most fanfare I've seen for a player who's sort of came for a loan spell for four or five months. Played once, I think, in front of supporters. Um, yeah. it's it's incredible, really. Yeah, it's nice though, isn't it? Like it is like, nice, yeah. I think it's like you want to, everyone, everyone knows, well, everyone, look, Albion are a special club, but I've got absolutely no, no doubt about that. But everyone likes to think their club is special and, 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 and they want to feel like it's special. And okay, because Lewis kind of made Albion feel special in a way because, yeah, he wouldn't have dropped into the championship for any other club. But I mean, he's a Turkish international. He's got 40 caps for his national team. Look, he hasn't had the best couple of years away from Albion. Obviously, brilliant at Albion, outstanding. Struggled for game time at Getafe. Struggled for game time at Salva Vigo. But, he was, I mean, look, there's no doubt in my mind he's a Premier League footballer. We've said so many times on this podcast, he's more suited to the English game than perhaps the Spanish game. He is he is, he is physical. Okay, you could I mean, he's absolute man-mountain of a man. I mean, you can see his, when he was on the pitch at half time, you forget how, how big he is, really. He's a proper combative central midfielder. He, he likes the rough and tumble. He wants to get stuck in. He just suits English football. He's a Premier League player. He's a Premier League player who's dropped into the Championship because he wants to play for Albion, because he knows this is where, this is where his best for him. Um, he, you got, you, you got to be happy. In, there's so much goes on. Like play, like everyone know, everyone lives their everyday life, and everyone has problems in their everyday life, and it affects you day to day. Like it might, you might not be. Um, if you've got a lot on, it's not. Sometimes it's not easy to do to perform at work like to your absolute best. And the footballers are exactly the same. Like they need to be happy off the field to be happy on the field. And Yukuzlu was very, very, very happy here. Um, he absolutely loved living in Birmingham. Um, obviously got a great relationship with you know, the players at the club, got a great relationship with the staff, is adored by the fans, which I think for OK Kuzlu must be absolutely lovely. Um, he sort of, it feels like he is a player that's always needed a home in many ways. Like he's needed, he's, need, he's needed that sort of, he hasn't really been appreciated by um, a lot of the supporters he's played in front of. I can remember when um, at, the, at the Euros in the summer, um, I can remember seeing tweets from people saying, oh, like we're finally starting to see what Albion fans, from Turkey fans, saying they can finally see what Albion fans are seeing in OK Kuzlu. Because obviously we were raving about him, weren't we, from basically from the moment he, 
he started playing. I mean, you could just see straight away he was absolutely class. Um, but he hasn't sort of had that internationally either. But they were saying, oh, yeah, look, we can see what you're talking about now. And he's, he just feels like he needed to... He hasn't really had a lot of this sort of love. Uh, OK, Koshlu couldn't have gone to any other club in the world and been presented the way he was presented on Saturday. Like, I mean... I mean, everyone was literally buzzing, weren't they, <laughs> to see him? It was, like, ridiculous. So I just think it's good for everyone. It's a feel-good. It's a real feel-good factor to it, to his to his move, to him coming back. And But the, the, but the most important thing is he's absolute quality. He's absolute quality. And look, I know there's one or two issues about sort of maybe one or two question marks over his stamina maybe, but he was very, very good in the, in the Premier League and... The championship is nowhere near the standard of the Premier League, in my opinion. He's going to rip this division apart. He's got a very nice haircut as well. He was quite shaven headed last time, wasn't he? And he looked a bit different when he walked on the pitch over there. I thought he's got like his haircut. He looks quite cool. Good looking chap. Yeah, good looking chap. You might see me in the press box this season, modelled a little bit on Dukushlo. I quite like just doing I like, his, I like his that idea. I like that yeah, idea. Yeah, I'm not yeah. tall enough and handsome enough, really, for to no. be a, a, a more likeness. But um, but yeah, he's going to what to bring to Alba. I can try. I can certainly try. I have to grow a bit. <laughs> yeah, he's certainly going to be class for Albion. We're almost 99.9% sure he's not going to be in that 11 that starts at Middlesbrough. I was five on Saturday. Would you be surprised to see him in the squad, Joe, given there's five subs? Yeah, I'd be surprised to see him in the squad, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think he's I think he's a couple of weeks off, yeah. and that's being kind. I think um, he hasn't had any pre-season games. He's had zero pre-season games. Um, and you just talk to people in football, and they talk about how important pre-season is. Like, it really is the bait. It really gives you the basis for the season ahead. So, look, I think you could lose a fit chap. I think he would have been doing a lot of work on his own anyway. Um, but Bruce said it himself, didn't he? There's, very, there's, there's a big difference between being fit and being match fit. Um, and then not, not as extreme as DK because he's been out for a long time, but you've got to get the sharpness as well. I mean, there's, there's like, obviously, sort of more, not more, it is kind of more important for a striker, isn't it? It's harder to score goals than it is to make passes and play tackles. But all these things are going to have to come from him. He's got to get, he's got to get match fit, then he's got to get match sharp. Um, I think he's a way away personally. I think I think he's probably I, I I think it could be a month before we see him starting games. Um, I, I think he'll definitely be have to be eased in um, over the next few weeks. Maybe sort of thirty minutes off the bench, twenty minutes off the bench here and there, and then maybe a cup game, cup starts. Yeah, that'll be yeah. my guess, but I don't know. But we're seeing Bruce on Friday, so we'll obviously ask him about him then. But I'd be amazed if it's. I'd be amazed if he was involved against Middlesbrough, and I feel kind of feel the same about Watford as well. Yeah, be interesting to see. Um, just on another note, probably the only bit of sort of transfer-ish news last week. Caleb Taylor, who played at Northampton, you know, fans were looking to see if he was going to go or stay, given the centre half situation. He's now gone out on loan to Cheltenham Town for the season, I believe. Um, what do you think, Joe? Good move for him. Great move yeah. for him. Great move. I mean, look, the lads are star in the making. Um, we know they had a host of clubs in League One and League Two in for him. Bruce, I mean, Bruce is very, very confident he's going to excel at League One. I think it wasn't going to, he wasn't ever going to go to League Two, really. Um, but yeah, I thoroughly expect him to do very, very well um, and come back next year and hopefully push for a place in the first team. Going to be interesting to see what Bruce does from this point, really. Um, look, we asked him about centre backs, so there's no rush sort of thing. The mic's not. Desperate need to bring one in, basically because Albion have got four. Key and Brian's still out for a long time. 
I, I can't see King and Brian playing this side of the transfer window, to be honest. I mean, he picked up the injury in November. I think those injuries can often be a year. Um, but then he's going to have to get fit again. It's, I don't know. I don't know. Key and Brian is a worry. Um, but also, there's another issue with Key and Brian. Is, yes, he's a centre-back, but I think he's played the vast majority of his football as a centre-back in a back three, on the left side of a back three. So we're suddenly going to drop him into a back two. I think that's an issue. Um, yes, I think Jake Livermore can play at centre-back. I really, really do. It wouldn't surprise me if Jake Livermore's sort of career went that way, um, if he sort of eventually became a centre-back anyway. Um, and OK, Kushlu can play there. That's why he played the majority of games for Katafe last season. So there are options there. There is backup if needed. For me, three centre-backs at this moment in time is still probably too light. I, as in, like, it's... I say two, like, I mean, it's not enough. Like, I think it's as in one, I would want one more to come in. Um, I think, I think you need four centre backs. And, and, and the worry is with Brian is you just don't, you just don't know, both in terms of fitness and in the back. Bruce said he wants to play about four. So, yeah, I mean, the idea world is Matt Clark comes back. Um, but I don't know. The question is, where is the actual priority? I've been probably going to bring in two more players, I'd say. Probably maximum two. Well, not maximum, but two or three maximum. But I, I expect it to be two. Um, where is the priority? I still think a striker's the priority. Um, Bruce still... said. Bruce said, you know, he's, he's content. I think it was his words, which caused a bit of alarm among the Albion fan base. Do you think that's content for now? The closer it gets to the end of the window, would you be surprised to see another centre back come through the door? No, I think one. I think will one will come in. If I'm honest, yeah. I think there'll be two more sides. You being a bit coy on that, really? Yeah, I think. You, yeah, it's hard to know, isn't it? Like, things change can change every week. If something, if someone gets a big injury, I don't know. If Connor Townsend got a big injury in the opening game of the season, you'd need a left back, wouldn't you? They, they, Albion have only got X amount of money. They can't. And this is so. We said it on the podcast last week. I think you're never going to have a utopian squad in the championship. Every championship squad is going to have its flaws. Like they're not Man City. It's not the Premier League. It's not Man United who can. Let's be honest. Man United aren't even that good, but they've got about five players for every position. It's just not going to happen that way. Every team this, in that division is going to go through a season with a weakness in, in their squad. And I think I don't know how many more players you can bring in. Probably two. Probably three. If Daryl DK was to get injured, I'm Carlin Grant's biggest fan. But if Daryl DK was to get injured, we are struggling up top. We are still not convinced Grant is a central striker, and you definitely need an option. You definitely need a backup option. Like he, it, it'd be an absolute nightmare if DK got injured, um, which has happened, doesn't it? I mean, he got injured as soon as he arrived. So. Striker's the big one. Centre back, I'd say next. Um, look, I'd, I'd still like some cover in full backs, but Albion haven't got a money tree. Like, no. like they can't, they can't just sign everyone and just stockpile players. They haven't got any players out yet, really, either. I mean, I suppose they've got Kipper out, Taylor out, but I mean, they'd like, I think they'd like more out because um, they'll be spending a hell of a lot on wages. They really will. Interesting to see. Another, sorry, I just forgot another piece of transfer news. Doesn't involve Albion. But finally, finally, we can stop talking about Dwight Gale coming back to West Brom after four, three, four years of rumours. His name can't, won't be mentioned on this podcast again unless he scores for Stoke against West Brom. But I'm quite glad. Well, you're obviously going, Joe, but 
you must be glad that the saga's finally over. I mean, I've got, is Gail coming back? Is Gail coming back? Gail coming back? <laughs> well, he was never coming back. He was never, ever coming back, um, despite what people say on Twitter. But obviously, after what happened with the old OK Yukushvi thing, I was obviously very, very reluctant to say once and for all that Gail wasn't coming back. But I've been told all along he wasn't coming back. But And we have tried to imply that. Um, but yeah, it was never, ever happening. Um, and now now it won't happen. Yeah, it's gone to Stoke. Good signing for Stoke, I think. Um, yeah, it's going to be, yeah, I still think he's going to be very, very good at this level, um, if I'm honest. Um, I feel like in a way, we're kind of set up for him. Um, I think um, I've, got no worry, I've got no worries about DK in terms of Daryl DK's career. I think he's class. But my only slight worry with him is he got a lot of chances in that, in when he when we played for against uh, for an hour against Peterborough, he got a lot of chances in that game, and I think he, he is sort of tailor made for Val's system. But then also just, a lot of them chances came from crosses, which is what Alvin are doing at the moment. Which is what Alvin will do, yeah. So I'm just I feel like Val knows absolutely how to get the best of him, and now Alvin have got to absolutely get the best of him. But I've got no doubt in his ability, sort of thing. Whereas I do think Gay will be quite good in our team, but. Um, yeah, but yeah, he's gone to Stoke. Great signing for Stoke. I'm sure he'll score goals. He's already scored against Albion since he left. He scored at Newcastle. Um, yeah, hopefully he doesn't do it again. Um, but yeah, yeah, not coming back to Gale. Just to no. be annoyed, really. I should have been stronger than he never was, but <laughs> he really wasn't. Yeah, just uh, of note, I think the reason Stoke have signed him, he scored more goals against one club than anyone else in his career. I think it's 12 against, and they're all coming. Are you really? Stoke. Apparently, according to my uh, Stoke friend, he's got his statistics right. So well, he's good. To, I remember him scoring two for Albion, two crackers a few years ago. Interesting. Um, just on strikers, Callum Robertson was at the Hawthorns on Saturday, but whether it's true or not, a fan took a picture of him leaving the ground at half time. Um, Joe, is there any more news on that situation, or is it as far as Bruce was saying, put your money where your mouth is, and Ryan Lowe saying, sorry, Steve, no disrespect for talking about your player? I'm not sure he did leave at half time, you know. I think he went. To another part of the ground. Potentially, um, yeah, that's what I put. Sort of um, says allegedly. But, yeah. yeah, I really, don't, I really don't think he left. I think, I think there's been sort of um, a few tweets since then. He was there full time and uh, was taking pictures of fans and stuff. Um, this is where we're at now, isn't it? Social media and and football transfers. Player goes for a walk. He's leaving. Um, yeah, look, no, 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 no. Latest really. It, look, it feels a bit odd with Callum. I've got to be honest. Like, it, I mean, he came off. It, in one of the friendlies, it might have been at Northampton, maybe. I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Came Northampton off, started at Northampton. He came off with a dead leg, um, to which he hasn't been seen since. Bruce has since said that he's got a bit of a knee problem, so a dead leg has sort of developed into a knee problem. Yeah, look, I think Albion would. I think Albion need to get players off the books. I think everyone at Albion thinks Callum Robinson's a good player and everyone knows that if he stays, Callum Robinson will probably play quite a big role because he's a good footballer. Um, but I think Albion need to get players off the books. I think if they could, Callum Robinson will be one of the ones they get off. Is 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 what Bruce, it's what Bruce said, isn't it? Is someone going to put their money where their mouth is? Preston want him, but it doesn't appear that they've got anywhere near the asking price. So yeah. Um, yeah. we'll see. But I... Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know how happy Callum would be with a bit part role, you know. I think he's someone who wants to, he's like, What's he needs play? to play every week. He's got internationals to think about as well. So I think probably he will go, but I'm still not, I'm not, it's hard to say, it really is. Yeah, there's a long time left in the window, isn't there? So, you know, 
as we know, clubs do tend to leave things sometimes till, till very late. Right, time for fans' view. We didn't have one last week as the person we've chosen. They weren't available. Um, but this week, well, earlier this week, I caught up with Baggies fan Spencer George, um, who wanted to chat about his optimism for the club, as well as concerns, but also positives off the pitch. This is what he had to say. I think my overriding feeling right now is one of optimism, which as a West Brom fan is not a, a feeling I'm always entirely uh, used to. Um, but I think if you split the club into kind of two trenches, the on the pitch activities and the off the pitch activities or off the field. So if we start like on the pitch first, I'm really excited by the season ahead. I think the signings we've made are really positive signings, not just the players themselves, but the the speed in which we've we've put the pushed the transfers through, and we've got them on board ahead of the, the new season. Um, obviously, having OK uh, join last week, I know he won't be ready for a few weeks, but again, another really positive signing. But having Wallace and Swift in so early, I think it was a real sign of intent, and I think will give us hopefully that edge in those first kind of six games before the transfer window I think uh, closes. And having seen the friendly on the weekend against Hertha Berlin, it's quite clear that Swift has that touch of quality about him that we definitely lacked last year. And what I loved about Wallace was just the way he went at defenders. And I mean this of no great criticism of Matt Phillips, but the difference between the two is quite evident. Matt Phillips checking back all the time, slowing up play. Jed Wallace was driving at them down the wing. And I love that. And the, the, the goal, Dyke's goal, was a great example of, I think, what, what Wallace will bring to us. And it's just his personality as well you could see that in everything he was doing cajoling his teammates really driving forward loved it so I think those signings and the on the pitch stuff I think I'm really positive about moving forwards I'll also say as well I really like Steve Bruce um I'm not sure everybody's in that camp and I, and I get that there are some reservations because of you know his time at, uh, at Newcastle and maybe his association with uh, with the villa and stuff but I like him I find him a, a nice genuine bloke he, the way he comes across and the way he uh, represents the club and the team really positive so I really want him to succeed the only concern I have is that we need to hit the ground running because if we don't get results and positive results in those first six games I'm not sure the majority of the fan base will have the patience to stick with him and then that then that impatience in the stands does transfer onto the pitch and stuff so I'm really hoping that as a whole club as a team and as a fan as the fan base those first few weeks hit the ground running and that will continue then through through the season. So on the pitch, terrific. Few concerns on the weekend in the friendly, a lot of balls down the channels, few many two long balls for my liking. But you have to take into account the opposition. They were very good with the ball at their feet. They did pass it around very nicely. Um, I would have liked to have seen us kind of play through the thirds a bit more. Um, and I hope that that kind of long ball down the channels isn't our kind of one and only approach this season. But um, overall positive. I don't think Grant is a central striker, <clears throat> in my opinion. Uh, I'm excited about what Dyke can be, uh, can bring, but we definitely need another striker. I think Grant in off the left is fine, although personally I'd start with Diangana against Borough this weekend. Um, but I think another striker is pivotal. And also I'd look, hopefully we can bring Clark back in because I thought he was terrific last season. I do think we need that extra centre-back. I'm not convinced by Carl Bartley. Um, the difference between him and Ajay, when Ajay came on on the weekend, Ajay was willing to take the ball, to stride forward with it, as where Carl Bartley was very much received the ball, lay it off and pass it off. That might be a fitness thing. Appreciate it was only his second game. But if we can get another striker in, if we can uh, bring Clark back, 
I think again, I think the team as a whole is looking really, really good for the for the summer ahead. Now I said about yeah, you mentioned sorry, on, on, on you mentioned on and off the pitch in terms yes. of off the pitch. How optimistic are you? You know, there's been good noises, the season tickets, the fan zone, you know, various things that the club have been doing. Obviously, releasing the away kit in conjunction with the Sil Regis Legacy Trust as well has gone down terrifically well with the fans. Um, the opening of the Nigel Pearson pre- uh, press gantry on uh, commentary gantry, sorry, on Saturday, which fans of all clubs saw as a great touch. You know, what's it been like as a supporter? You know, to to see the the club sort of doing these things and sort of reconnecting a little bit. Yeah, really positive strides. Um, there are concerns about some of the off the pitch stuff, um, and that's mainly to do with the issues around the the loans and to do with our uh, majority shareholder. I think think he's called um but uh, you know the fact that one deadline has been missed i think what's key for the albion now and from the albion hierarchy is transparency around that there is obviously a, a second date that's been put in for that loan to be paid back i think fans will be keeping a very close eye on that especially because obviously in january we'll probably be looking to bolster the squad again that's my main concern is as that that kind of that big gray area around the financial side of the club the rest of the stuff off the pitch you've got to tip your hat to to ron gourlay and, and the team the pricing of the, the season tickets and the match day tickets. Take Borough this weekend, for example. Adult ticket for Borough, 36 quid. Under the Albion's new pricing, if you've gone through the season tickets for the kids for a quid and stuff, I think you can get two adults and two quid, so roughly the same amount. That's a, it's a huge move by the Albion, and it must be impacting them financially a, a little bit, but it's that long-term vision that we've been missing for quite a while to bring that kind of younger audience through and to make sure we don't miss out on that. My first season ticket was in the early 2000s under Gary Megson when it was quid, uh, kids for a quid. That was my, my first way of really getting into the Albion on a long-term, long-term basis. But the fan zone coming back, really positive. The kits, love the home kit. Not a fan of the away kit in terms of the design. That's a personal thing. Um, but the link to Cyril Regis again, only a only a positive you know and that and that's great and that's shows that the club are now starting to think a, a bit more about the fan base about our history the legacy and how we can keep that connected uh moving forwards there is one last thing um i'd like to mention um and that's my concern is this lads 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 culture that's creeping in um saw it on the weekend very small section of fans kind of goading the hertha berlin fans with some some chants that weren't weren't great about obviously the history around World War Two and stuff. Just just unnecessary, you know. Um, discrimination is what it bordered on. And the thing is, when you're trying to encourage families and young kids through to watch the Albion with a brilliant pricing structure, the risk is that's negated then by the actions of, albeit a smaller minority of fans who are acting in this kind of loutish, lads, 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 oi, oi, kind of way, especially at away games and stuff. I took my two young lads to their first game against uh, Hertha Berlin, and, you know, we were lucky because it is a, a pre-season friendly, it's, it's not as loud, it's not as kind of boisterous, but a lot of games last year, some of the atmosphere was, it wasn't pleasant at times, and especially in the concourse and stuff, and I think the Albion, whilst it's, you're never going to get rid of that, and, and to an extent, of course, fans should enjoy themselves, but it's got to be done responsibly. And I think that the, the club needs to keep an eye on that. But that's my only concern moving forward. And I hope the club can continue to take a you know, a positive approach to kind of stamping that out and making sure that games remain inclusive for all ages um, and, and, and fans from all sections of society. So as long as they can do that, then fingers crossed, the club is definitely heading in the right direction. That was Spencer. Thanks for coming on, Spencer. Joe... We've spoken about the positives on the pitch, you know, 
numerous times for preseason, so we're not going to go over that. And the negatives off it, you know, the lies stuff, the, the loans, which we've spoken about till we're blue in the face. Um, and we've also talked about the other stuff, but the positive things off the, you know, the season tickets, which Albion have been again this week being being praised by other clubs in the EFL. I think a price of a ticket at Middlesbrough on Saturday is about thirty to thirty-six pound, which, according to some, well, when you do the maths, you can get thirty-six quid will get you two adults and two kids into the Albion this season if you've got all got season tickets. You yeah. know, the fan zone's coming back. We saw the brilliant ceremony last week where Albion had renamed the the gantry, the Nigel Pearson commentary gantry, which was fantastic. And it was lovely to see his family there and, and, and just a great touch. And then releasing the kit with the Cyril Regis Legacy Trust as well. Um, Albin have been getting a lot of stick for stuff off the pitch, haven't they? As well as on it in the last couple of years. But it's been a good summer off the pitch, hasn't it, really? It's been a not healing summer, but it's been a good summer. Yeah, I feel sorry for sort of, I feel a little bit sorry for staff members at Albion. Um, and look, I'm, everyone knows I'm moving on to Pastures New, so I don't. I can say basically what I want on this podcast. It's not really going to come back and bite me, but I genuinely do feel a bit sorry for them because I think every everyone behind the scenes is doing a fantastic job. The trouble is they're doing it on the backdrop of the Goucher and Lie loan, um, which is everyone, everyone is overshadowing everything. It's overshadow, it's a, it does overshadow everything. But I think what we've got to try and remember, and, and look, Gautron Lai is an absent owner. He's he's okay. He's getting more and more involved. He's chairman now, and we we're told that he's going to come to more games. And he, he's I mean he definitely is more hands on than what he was. Um, there isn't anyone who works for Albion that wanted him to take that money out of the football club. He's done it because he's the owner and he can basically. He's I mean we've always we've almost got to look at Lai as a separate entity I think from the rest of the club because the rest of the club really really is moving in the right direction and they are getting like you said they're getting so many things right so many things right um we've talked about a lot of them before on the podcast but the season tickets are absolutely amazing the cost of football is out is spiraling out of control in my opinion what you're saying they're 35 quid a ticket or whatever it is to go to middlesbrough i mean it's just i mean it's going to cost i mean middlesbrough as well it's going to cost people an absolute fortune to get what i, what I will say on this i saw albion of um it's quite rare. Well, I think it's quite rare that many away tickets for Albion go on general sale. Anyway, the tickets for Middlesbrough have gone on general sale this week. I think there's Albion have sold about a thousand tickets for Middlesbrough for this game of season. And I saw a couple of fans. Oh, it's, we should be selling out. It's they're calling it disgraceful, but they were saying it was just we should be selling out. And and a couple of fans sort of bit back and said, look, you look at cost of living, travelling cost now, that price of ticket. It's a summer holidays. You know, the season started earlier. You know, the kids have just broke up. I think selling a thousand tickets for Middlesbrough away, you know, a thousand going up there, pretty good effort, to be honest. Massive effort. And yeah, I, I mean, look, I wasn't going, I'm going on holiday on Saturday. So I wasn't going to, even if I, I wasn't leaving, I wasn't going to be at Middlesbrough on Saturday. But this is the time of year we're at. Like it is like, so to perform on this podcast, like I've had, we, I'd love to have a holiday off in the closed season, but couldn't because my daughter's at school. That means that things are happening. If I, if my kids are off school when they're at home is that things are a hell of a lot more expensive than when they're at school because you have to do stuff with them you have to pay to do things like it just it's expensive that's the type of year where that's the type of year time of year sorry we are in and everyone feels it but I've, I've said it so many times in this podcast we're all feeling it like we're all feeling the pinch everything costs a fortune like our bills are skyrocketing gas and electric petrol is just absolutely extortionate i mean my wife talks about it all the time she can't believe how often she's filling up the car because you put 50 quid a patch on your car now and it gets you absolutely nowhere. I mean, it's, it's absolutely crazy. 
Um, and Middlesbrough is just a, a hell of a long way earlier in the season than it normally is. And look, I, look, there's that. I've said it, I've got no qualm saying it at all. Like if I wasn't in this job or wasn't in the job I'm going to, and I, I was looking at the opening day of the season, Middlesbrough away, in this situation, like without a doubt, I'd be thinking twice about it. I'd be thinking twice about the ticket. I'd be thinking twice about the cost it's going to get, to get me up there. So, yeah, I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing that Albion are taking as many as they are. Um, I really do. It's a fantastic turnout. It really is. In terms of, uh, yeah, off, back on, to off, like you said, like tying in with that, Albion season tickets are uh, unbelievable value. Absolutely unbelievable value. The kid for quid stuff is the best thing ever. Um, like what a way to get people through the door and hopefully keep them for years and years and years to come. And I think kids are just naturally bouncy, aren't they? Naturally enthusiastic, naturally positive. I think it allowed the atmosphere, I really do, um, which was flat at times last season, understandably. I mean, it's all going to depend on the football, isn't it? But I think it'll make a, make a big difference. Have we got any indication of how many season tickets have been sold yet, Joe? No, I haven't. Uh, I did ask all day about it, but they said we were doing really well when we saw them a couple of weeks ago, but I didn't, I didn't get a number out of it. Um, but yeah, really, really good. That's really, really good. Fans zone back, absolutely brilliant. I mean, the Hawthorns looks mint anyway. Like, I think we should stress that. Like, when we were there the other night, it was like, it's looking mint here. Um, it is the best ground in the championship. No, no, got no, no doubt about that. Um, yeah, other things like the kit, like, Alvin, look, the kit last season was, was it last? Yeah, so like the kit for the last two seasons has been controversial, hasn't it? People weren't happy about the stripes last season, that big blue stripe down the middle um i thought it should be broken up with more stripes you see years season before that was the barcode care i think that's always a controversial one um with fans even though obviously it has got sort of historic ties to albion um but yeah so albion what did albion do they got they put a fan focus group together um to design the kit and everyone pretty much loves the kit don't they everyone absolutely loves the kit there's still religious stuff on the away one is absolutely top draw. I, I said it on the podcast last week. I love stuff like that. I'm not massively into kits. I think Albion's home should be blue and white. I think Albion's away should be green and yellow. But it's details like that. So already just quotes embedded in. That's classy. Um, don't think anyone can argue against that. And then, yeah, the, like the, the Nigel Pearson thing again. I mean, it looks, we said on the video, didn't we? It looks so smart. It looks so smart. Um, and I bet his family is so proud of that. Like, it, it it's, that's that, like, that's really cool I think and that, yeah I just want to say like I do think like genuinely think everyone at Albion all the lads that I know that work there they're doing an absolutely fantastic job they're doing a fantastic job and look Gourlay's got to get a lot of the credit as well a lot of these things are stemming from him um, it's, it's it's just hard for everyone that it comes on the backdrop of the lie loan the lie loan stings we all know it and, like we all we, no one's happy about it and but yeah, I think we do have to try and decompartmentalise live from the rest of the club. Let's praise the club for what they're doing well. Let's look, look, the people who are at Albion every single day, the people who are at the training ground, the people who are at the stadium, the people who are working nine to five or whatever, day in, day out, for the best of West Bromwich Albion. At this moment in time, I think they're doing a very, very good job um, off the field. Um, Lai is in China doing his thing, whatever his thing is. I don't think anyone knows what his thing is anymore. Um, and yeah, he's a big disappointment, but everyone, everyone at the Hawthorns and everyone at the training ground certainly isn't. I think you're uh, you're absolutely right. Right, we have, oh, well, as Albion fans would have noticed at the top of the programme, 
we have a new sponsor on the Baggies broadcast. Um, we were sponsored, as you'll know, for the last few years by, uh, very kindly, by Adoption at Heart in recent seasons, an organisation that does fantastic work around the West Midlands. They're no longer sponsoring the pod, but we want to thank them for all their support um, in bringing you the podcast. Now we have a new sponsor. It's the Kettle and Toaster Man, based in Briley Hill. Um, they're going to be the sponsor for the podcast and for the other podcasts we produce here at the Express and Star. So if you need kettles and toasters, this is the place to go. But not just that, they do a range of products from all your kitchen appliances to heating, cordless vacuums and even hair care products. And they've got some amazing deals. You can get a Morphe. I had a look on the website today. You can get a Morphe Richards four slice toaster for $29.99. That's a bargain, Matthew. That is a bargain. Um, there are hundreds of products available in their store on Thorns Road in Bradley Hill, or if you go to catlooktoasterman.com. I know that I'm going to be going on there. I've, as you'll know, Joe, I'm renovating a house. I'm going to have to try and cat out my kitchen before long, and I'm sure you, uh, you'll be going to the Kettle and Toaster Man for a few little bits and bobs if they need replacing in the massive kitchen. There you go, mate. Am I, is, that, is, is that your advert done? Am I allowed to talk again? Well, you can talk about toasters, or you can carry oh, on right. talking about Albin if you want. Well, what I will say is, because people won't know this, but Kettle and Toaster Man, Luke Hatfield used to be Kettle and Toaster Man. This is, <laughs> this is, this is full circle, this is. Uh, it's absolutely crazy coincidence. But basically, Luke Hatfield used to work for, I think it was a PR company, I might be wrong, but he'll correct me, um, that did PR for Kettle and Toaster Man, and they did voiceovers. And when they did the voiceovers, when they did adverts, and they needed a voice for Kettle and Toaster Man, who could be better for that job other than Luke Hatfield? Luke Hatfield literally was Kettle and Toaster Man. Um, so, yeah, amazing. Like, um, basically, like Luke Hatfield is, like, haunting this podcast, isn't he? Like, we just can't get rid of him. Um, he just comes up at every opportunity. Um, so, yeah, but, mate, yeah, I, I like the sound of that Morphe Richards toast. <laughs> I know, yeah, quite fancy. That. Quite fancy <laughs> I had that. to laugh because you told me at the start you've been on the website and you've been looking at items, and then you've gone for a Morphe Richards toaster. What's wrong with a Morphe Richards toaster? Who doesn't want a Morphe Richards toaster? Who doesn't, who doesn't want a Morphe Richards toaster, mate? Who doesn't there want you one? go. Uh, in all seriousness, thank you very much for your support, Kettle and Toaster Man, and uh, we'll be bringing you them adverts every week. So, right, we're going to go on to questions. Joe Massey's last question time on the Baggies broadcast. Oh, and I'm going to wind him up. With the first question from Jack Rowley, what is the best match day food you've ever had? What a disappointing question. <laughs> <I like it. laughs> Don't wriggle out of it. I tell you what, mate, it does feel weird. It hasn't sunk in that I'm leaving this podcast. Like, uh, I, I put on Twitter yesterday, didn't I? Like, I truly love this job. I have loved every second of it. Um, um, but yeah, like I said at the start, this podcast was is is like it's I don't know, it's what I love the most um so yeah last questions um what's oh i don't know what's been the best match pretty much meal you're a funny one because you don't eat pies so you're you're out of half of the grains um i don't know i don't know what the best people don't realize i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not like lying when i say this i just don't even register it i just go get the food i eat it while i'm working and i walk away i don't i'm not like like we're bringing up Luke Hatfield again, but he sits there like savouring it. Like sounds taking... like eating's just a chore for you, Joe. To be honest, eating's like a bit of a. Don't get me wrong, I like going out for meals and stuff, but like eating's like a job, really. Like I need to eat to not be hungry. Like I, that's how I see it. I'm not. I'm not like eating is a job. That's your takeaway from Joe's last pod. It's like I got to do every day. It's not like uh, I don't know. I just don't like. I just don't <laughs> treat it like a big thing. So look, we had a lovely lasagna, didn't we? 
ahead of the. Her. It was nice. Yeah. I do love lasagna genuinely in life. Like lasagna. I'll be a cheering out a few lasagnas as well, don't they? Some good. They do good lasagnas. I'm going to miss those lasagnas. Um, I've always remembered going to Swansea and getting pick and mix. Oh, I love sweets. I love sweets. So. You know, for Swansea. Yeah, but I didn't like the food really. It was like some sort of hot pot stew thing, and I don't like hot pots and stews. Um. I don't know what you want me to say, mate. Yeah. To, we'll just go to... with pick and mix, even though it's not a meal. You'll yeah, be I'll go picking. I'm always happy with pick and mix. Yeah. You can tell people are missing you because at, like, I've got like three or four people here who have asked about eight million questions each. So Jack Riley's mm-hmm. asked another two, but I'm just going to pick one. Who's the scariest player you've interviewed? It's quite a good question. Scariest player? Yeah, like one you felt most intimidated by. Uh... Not many scary players. Can't think of any scary players. Val, as much as I like Val, and I think me and Val had a bit of a like a bit of a thing. Like we, I think like, like <laughs> we, uh, and that we like. I like. I think like we had like a bit. There was like a nice little mutual respect between me and Val. Like that's why I liked him so much. Yeah. Um, but he was quite. Yeah, he was quite like. You just wouldn't mess with him. You just wouldn't mess with him. He was. He was. He had this like menacing air about him um he was, um scariest player i can't think of players that would be scary really um it could be a manager if you want to be a manager i really like jake livermore but he's he's got an air of authority about him you know yeah. like he's the boss like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you don't want to cross him i don't think any of them are really i've got to be honest i don't think they're really scary no. i don't think i don't think scary is like the word to describe no. them no. Uh, Jack Evans, you don't have to answer this, Joe. Who do you like more, Johnny Drury or Luke Hatfield? Um, don't have to answer that one, though. We all know who it is. We all know who it is, don't we? <laughs> uh, Tyler J, what is the best Albion game you have both have ever watched in your lifetime? We'll go with you, Joe, because you're the uh, you're the main man today. Well, you're always the main man. But you're well, you go man. first because you're not, you're like, like you give me time to think. 2008, I think it was. Albion beat Colchester 4-3 at home. They were 2-0 down going into stoppage time in the first half. It was 2-all at half-time. And they were 3-2 down in the 89th minute. And they won 4-3. And that always sticks in my memory as the best ever game. Um, and it's it a week before they played at Wembley in the FA Cup final, uh, semi-final as well. So the three favourite games I've covered were Swansea at home when Pereira and Dean Garner run absolute riot. and Pereira was... I reckon I can guess one of these. Millwall away when we won... 3-0, I think it was. Let me guess the third. Go on. Bristol City away. Yeah, Bristol City yeah. away when Jake Livermore was absolutely immense. Yeah. Um, they're my three favourites. So, like, all three of those games, really, for, like... Yeah, I mean, it's weird, because, don't get me wrong, I've absolutely loved covering Albion every second, and I mean that every single second. Every single second. But leaving that Bristol City game was, like... Because just before lockdown, before everything, yeah... That was probably like the best moment. Yeah. That was like the best moment. I can remember, I'll never forget it. Like I walked out the ground with Joe Chapman. Like Billich was just on fire at that moment in time. Like he was just, his press conferences were just like, I mean, you just wanted to sit there with popcorn. He was just like so entertaining. It was ridiculous. Like it was just, he was just amazing. Um, I can remember walking out of Bristol City that day with Chappers and just being like, we are so lucky to be doing this job. So, so lucky. I mean, the, the football's amazing. Albion are playing brilliantly. 
they're going up. I mean, with, yeah. obviously the pandemic was, I've said so many times, a pandemic hadn't happened, they would have strolled up. Yeah. Like it was a, um, and Slavin's just like an absolute dream um, to be dealing with on a daily basis. It was just, yeah, those, yeah, that spell was just absolutely incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kevin Phillips, don't know if it's the Kevin Phillips, I don't think it is. Um, good luck in your new role, Joe. Um, he's asked what your favourite mm-hmm. game was, um, which we've covered. Who's your favourite player during your time in a job? Um, favourite player to watch, Pereira. Um, favourite player to speak to, Jake Livermore. Or probably Colin Robinson, even though I've been quite critical of Colin Robinson, really. But he's... A, he's Smashing lad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, obviously, Pereira to watch. And then um, probably Jake, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dave Porter, Archer, Graben or Armstrong, which one is a better fit for Albion? Archer, Graben or Armstrong? Mm, that's a very, very, very good question. All three would do a job. If you, asked to, if you had to take Graben, you would take him, I think. But you'd definitely put the other two ahead of them. Um, massive, massive Adam Armstrong fan. Massive, massive Adam Armstrong fan. Very good player. Um, but then Cameron. I mean, I mean, how good is Cameron Archer going to be? That's the question, isn't it? It's like, where, where is that boy going? I mean, are we looking at a future like England centre forward? I think potentially. Um, yeah. I mean, look. Albion have got to get up next season. And I think either Armstrong or Archer would massively, massively boost their chances. I'd be delighted if they got one of them. I really, really would. Do really like Armstrong. But it's, but it's just hard to know, isn't it? How far is Archer going to go? Like, uh, I mean, what did Armstrong get? Did he get 28 goals season before last? Something like that. Yeah, like yeah, that. 22, then, I think it might be. Archer's just going to score goals wherever he goes, isn't he? So, yeah, they're the they're the ones. I mean, yeah. and and the lap, I think, as well at Man City. I think he's yeah, going to be he's been um, for a couple of years, isn't he? Um, yeah. Right, yeah. rattle through these because we've got absolutely loads to get through. Oh, right. I thought we were almost finished. A lot, no, a lot of them are all the same. Uh, quick fire, um, as it's your last, Jack says. But you've already answered your favourite game, your favourite match day food, and most importantly, will you be staying an Albion fan? Absolutely, yeah. I'll be like, I mean, look, there's there's loads of um. I still think Albion are going to be the big draw this year in the championship. I still think they're going to be the game, the, the team that gets picked most of Sky games for. I know that'll be frustrating for a lot of people, um, but it won't be frustrating for me because it means I'll be able to come to some. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely will be. I'm going to be listening to the Baggies broadcast every week. You can absolutely be guaranteed of that. Um, and you come to Shrewsbury games anyway. I'll so Don't we worry, are bro. still going to be working together, which is very, very exciting. And we will be talking a lot about Alvin. And yeah, and like the truth is like strange job journalism because you get, you have to build contacts with people. Um, but sometimes contacts become friends. And obviously, you know, like some of them, some of them from covering Albion have become friends. So um, my mate Ali Jones, who we had on the podcast last week, who I can never get rid of, I don't think. He'll, friend of the pod. Ali, friend of the pod. He'll still be ringing me every day, talking about Albion. I've got no doubt about it. And obviously, like Joe Chapman and Birmingham Mayor, Steve Mainley as well. I mean, Mainley's gone on to Wolves, but 
Um, we're all still in the same group. We're all still Albion obsessed, believe it or not. We're all still talking about Albion. We were all still talking about Albion yesterday in the group. So, um, yeah, very, very, very much going to be, I like to think, keeping an eye on everything at the Hawthorns. Yeah. What's your highest and lowest moment covering Albion? Oh, wow. These are, I should have looked at these questions before. Uh, I've probably said the highest moment walking out of Bristol City away. That was that was yeah. amazing. Um, lowest moment. Ooh, lowest moment was Huddersfield away. Um, that season. In lock, no, in lock, lockdown, I'd say. Oh, yeah. Emil Smith-Rowe uh, scored, didn't he? Emil Smith-Rowe scored. It looked like Albion had blown it. Um, yeah, it was definitely that moment. So, I think I might have spoken this on the podcast before, but Slavin was very... Obviously, everyone kind of knows this, but everyone was... Slavin was very, very emotional as a manager. Very, very emotional. And they said, a lot of managers say in football, a lot of footballers say it as well, you can never get too high after a win and you can never get too low after a defeat. Well, Slavin was incapable of that. Like, bless him. I think he tried. Like, I think he, I think he, he, like, he knew that was the right way to be. Like, he knows, like, but he couldn't do it. It's just not his way. It's just not his him as a human being. He is an emotional man. And yeah, you saw a couple of times when he, like, I was talking about Bristol City and Millwall away when he was just high as a kite, really. And there were other times when he was really really low there was one at Cardiff I remember he was he, like he looked absolutely crestfallen after we'd lost the game at Cardiff um and then that day at Huddersfield strange 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 day because obviously as I said earlier in the podcast I've got no doubt Albion would have stri- like gone up with ease if it wasn't for lockdown they came back let's be honest they weren't very good they just didn't adapt to that anywhere near as well as the other teams did and yeah we went to Huddersfield that day um and obviously had to win to keep it in our own hands. And we lost. Um, and I remember afterwards, it was so weird because everything everything was weird about lockdown. So like, because the press conferences were in, all on Zoom and they were in different rooms because the teams, were, even though they were playing on the pitch, they were being kept in separate parts of stadiums and separate change rooms. Everyone was going on different coaches. It was all just such a really, really bizarre time. And I can remember basically that win kept Huddersfield up. It secured their status in the championship so and bizarrely Danny Cowley and who was manager then and Slavin had to walk past us um to do their zoom presses so they had to physically walk past us to go to another room so they could talk to us on a computer because it was just such a weird time and basically Danny Cowley did like an 45 minutes on zoom presser talking about the future of the, he was sat the next day but he was talking about the future of the club he never knew at that moment in time he was getting sacked and Slavin, bless him, after the crushing defeat, was just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And I didn't know what to say to him. I was just like, oh, this is a nightmare. Like, like we, we, we've blown it. Like, we've blown it. We're not, we're not going to go out. Brentford are going to beat Stoke tomorrow. And then we're going to end up in the playoffs. And look, I might not have said it at the time, but if Albion ended up in those playoffs, they weren't going to win them. <laughs> like, it was, it was gone. Like, they, you just don't, you just don't do it. Like, the, 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 the morale would have just been... They're just gone. So I was thinking, this is like, where are we going here? Like, is this like, I felt like it was like the end almost, like for Slavin. Like, I was like, we're in big trouble. 
And then, like, yeah, Slavin came on the Zoom call. He was absolutely crestfallen. I was absolutely crestfallen. I spoke to him for three minutes, and we could both just tell that both of us were just absolutely devastated. And he had to walk past me on the way out, and he just squeezed me, like, on the shoulder. And, like, he was just, he was gutted. I was gutted. And at that point in time, I was just like, this is, like, an absolute, this is just awful. Like, it's just, this is, this is just not going to go well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's horrible. And then, yeah, next day, Stoke did us a massive favour. <laughs> Unbelievable. Can't remember what the keeper called. I know he's called Davis. Can't remember what his first name is. I want to say Adam Davis. but Yeah, it wrong. is Adam Davis, yeah. But, oh, my God, he had an absolute worldie. Absolute worldie. And he, and he made an unbelievable save in, like, stoppage time. I was watching it at home on a laptop. I was watching it on a dodgy stream. Yeah. And, um, yeah, 90th minute or something. Night, they had one. Because they, all they needed was to draw Brentford, was to have it in their own hands. And they lost one now, and they battered them. They absolutely battered them. Um, and yeah, then it was back on track, and it was all good again. But yeah, yeah, it was. Oh, that Huddersfield day was. It was emotional for the wrong reasons. So that was a low point. Low point. Just a question here. Um, first things first. Sorry, you're leaving, Joe. It won't be the same without you. Two questions. Now you're leaving. Who who are the rest of the players on Albion's transfer target list? I wish uh, I knew. I wish I knew. <laughs> if I knew, I'd go out of a bang, mate. I'd be doing. Uh, <laughs> Transfer stories all the um, time. And the second bit, am I right in thinking that we should have had the rest of the Pereira transfer money this summer? Oh, probably. Um, yeah, well, I think the money for... I'll have to double check, but I think the money for the Pereira is in, in the accounts. If you look at the money received, it does state um, Albion received something like, I don't know, like 7 million or something in transfer fee. I can't remember what it is. If you look at it, though, there's money in there for transfer fees and it was only Pereira we sold. So it looks like... Yeah, so I think... I'm pretty confident in this, but I'll have to double check. The first, certainly the first instalment of Pereira money was in the accounts, was in the latest set of accounts, I think. Pretty, pretty sure on that. But we'll double check. Yeah. Um, just a few more. Um, Happy B79, who's asked questions before. Are you going to stick to your commitment and get a baggy season ticket on the day that you leave? All the best. You've been awesome. Sounds like he's remembered something you said in the past, Joe. If I left football, then I would obviously get an Albion season ticket. Oh, I'm not going to Well, I can't get an Albion season ticket because I'm not going to be. <laughs> I'm going to be at Shrewsbury games most of the way. So I physically can't get to the games. But um, no, of course. But one day, one day. Um, Suraj Chowan, I think he's taking it really bad that you're leaving. He's asked like four questions, so I hope you're all right. Um, he's asked his sort of favourite memories and stuff like that. Um, he just said, "What was your transfer fee and how long is your contract?" Hopefully we can sign you back on a free once your contract's up. Um, uh, I just thought it was quite funny. Transfer fee naught. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> contract indefinitely. I don't know what you want me to say. I don't know. Uh, Alan for Newport as well. Uh, is it true oh, you're only leaving? Go on. Carry no, on. Alan for Newport, yeah. Fr- yeah, yeah. Is it true you're only leaving to save money on petrol, given you live close to Shrewsbury? Mate, I said, didn't I? It's um, <laughs> cost of living. Like, you've got to start taking things seriously. Uh, there so, yeah. is that. There is that. Uh, I'm going to pick out one more because we've still got a little bit to chat about. Um, hi, Joe. Um, on a more of a personal note, thanks. Uh, sorry, more of a personal question on you for your last Bags broadcast. What's the thing that you'll miss most about your current role? And what are you looking forward to mostly about your new position? Good luck again. So that's from Ashley Fox. Um, so I'm going to miss two things the most. Um, going going to the Hawthorns, 
because as everyone knows, I just absolutely love the place. Like absolutely love it. Love the media room there. Like I think it's beautiful the way it looks out onto the pitch. I think the ground is genuinely amazing. Love the press box, love everything. Just love the Hawthorns. I literally love the Hawthorns. I love everything about it. Um, and I've just said so many times, like the people, not, I'm quite fortunate in the role I'm going to because a lot of people I'm still going to work with, like I'm going to still work with you, obviously, which is a massive win. Um, I'm going to still like, a lot of the reporters will be filling in. Like I, I cover Shrewsbury from time to time. So a lot of the reporters, even on other clubs, they'll be filling in. Um, and covering on Shrewsbury as well. So I still get to see them at press conferences and stuff. I still probably have to deal with my boss at the paper um, because we'll have conversations about Shrewsbury coverage and stuff. So I'm gonna, I'm really going to miss people. But yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss all the lads at Albion, like all the, um, the media team there because they are fantastic. I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss not seeing you guys as much is because I know I'm going to see you. Um, but yeah, just not, I'm not going to see you as much. Um, what, what am I most looking forward to? So I'm glad someone's asked this actually, because like I do want to explain sort of why I'm going and it is because I'm going for two reasons. One, because I feel like I've got the skills now. I've been a journalist for 15 years and I genuinely feel like I've got the skills to benefit a club from the inside. Like I feel like I can help out, um, so I want to help. Like I, I, I want, I want, I want, I want to try it on that side of the fence. And I think that what, what I've always, what I've, my biggest struggle in this job, and it's completely justified, is I've always struggled with people being skeptical of me. Like, it, yeah. like, it, like, man, and managers and players have to be. Like, I, I can, I can hand on heart say I've never ever been out to get anyone. Um, in football, like I never wanted to, if, if, any, if anything, I've only ever wanted to help them really. I haven't wanted to sort of stitch them up in any way, shape or form. But look, there's a lot of reporters who do want to do that. There's a lot of reporters who go out and it's just story at all costs and they don't really care about what they write. They just want to get sort of the headlines. They want to get either the clicks or the readers or whatever. Um, so I understand that. I, I always say it, some of the best people I've ever met are journalists, like the best. But some of the worst people I've ever met are journalists. It's like the biggest extreme of career. Like I always say, like if you meet like, I don't know, a random career, like if you're a midwife, probably all midwife are nice. Do you know what I mean? Like the journalists, it's 50-50. Some are amazing. Some are absolute like twats. Can I say that? <laughs> you have to believe it out. Um, so I, I constantly get why managers... When they meet me for the first time, when they meet me for the first six months, they know me. They don't know what I'm like. Like no, no player does. Like they don't know who they can trust and who they can't. Um, and so that's that's why. Yeah, I want to. That's that. I'm just. I don't like that side of it. I don't. I don't like. Um, I don't like people being wary of me. Um, They're gonna change but, that from the inside. Well, no, I just think that everyone, like when I go to Shrewsbury, the, the manager and the CEO and stuff, they'll know that I'm there for them. Like I'm there to support them. I'm there to give them my advice in terms of the media and to try and sort of help them get the best coverage they can. And that's that's what I want to do. I'd rather be seen as as a help than a hindrance. Um, and this job allows me to do that, really. So that's, that's um, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to most in my new job. 
There we go. Thank you for all your questions. Sorry for the ones we couldn't read out. I will make sure that Joe reads all the messages because there's some lovely comments on there. Um, so thank you very much for that. Now we're going to look ahead to Borough. Um, just briefly, we've had a bit of a chat about Borough, but we'll just love a, a bit of a look ahead. Now, Joe, as he said, was actually on holiday, so he was missing Borough. Um, new job aside, may I add, this is the second time in two seasons he was missing Middlesbrough away. Um, I, I had to go all the way to Middlesbrough on my own on a Tuesday night last year. He'd conveniently slipped in his holidays. Um, he's quite good at missing these big away days, and he was going to get away with the Middlesbrough one as well. Just, just aside what he tells you about children's holidays, he's like, Middlesbrough away. I don't. I think this. I think he was on with someone in doing the EFL fixtures, going. Just put Middlesbrough away as the first game of the season. Um, yeah. Also, though, I am actually missing the game on Saturday. I am not. Oh, so after Middlesbrough all Middlesbrough. that, giving it all the big end, then gee, oh right, well, you should, <laughs> you should let yourself up. I forgot you were missing it. You just reminded me. I'd have just let yeah. you get away with that. So, so after all that, uh, my, right, best, so friend, my me, best friend, my best friend is in is is uh, quite selfishly getting married on Saturday. Poor time in first game of the season. He's actually a Stoke fan, so I'm surprised he doesn't watch the game. It's Stoke game. Um, but he's getting married on Saturday, so I'm not going to be there. So none of us are going to be at Borough, but we're going to have a look ahead to it anyway. Um, Joe, it's, as we said, it's a tough game. One of the toughest games I'll be allowed this season. If you offered Steve Bruce a point um, at quarter past five on Saturday before the game started, would he take it? 100%. I think so. Um, I think he would. Um Interestingly, that Joe Wallace said, if if you if you could ask him at any if before the fixtures came out, if you said to him what's going to be the toughest game this season, um, he would have said Middlesbrough away. Um, and lo and behold, that's what we've got first game of the season. Everyone knows Wilder is savvy. The like not only not only is Wilder very very savvy, they've sort of embedded into his way now aren't they like they've had all the last season to sort of get to grips with it they're going to be ready to go I always think always think going away from home on the first day of the season is rubbish I've always thought that I always thought you want to be at home on the first day of the season because everyone's so up for it like the face of every you can't help it friendlies are boring like you haven't played in front of the crowds to say everyone is talking about this game for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks so Naturally, there's just a buzz around, more of a buzz around that the home crowd are on the edge of their seat. For a lot of them, it's going to be the first time they've seen their team for a while. I think, I think it's, I think if you win away from home on the first day of the season, that is a big statement. To be honest, I've always thought that, always thought it. Um, so I think if you can get a draw at Middlesbrough, who are going to be there or thereabouts, you would imagine, you would imagine. I think it draws a fantastic result. It's weird. Football, what's the craziest thing about football is, I think draw against Middlesbrough and Watford will be two great results. The irony is if they win one and lose one, they'll actually have more points, um, which I still can't quite get my head around because I think two draws against those sides would be quite would be statements, really. Um, but I think, yeah, I think you've got to, I think you've got to, um, you'd have to take a point. Yeah. I've, well, you've already answered me the next question, really. If, if you te- if you're offered Bruce four from them, he would then snap your hand off, wouldn't he? Really? Oh, four points from those two games. Like, yeah, you 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 take four points from those two games in October and in February. Like, you're not. Yeah. Like, it is a championship. The, the truth is, everyone's a much a bit of a much of a muchness. Like, they're not. There's no. It's not going to be a, like. Yeah, I mean, you definitely would take four. You'd always take four points from these games. I think always. If I can get through these two games with four points. I mean, 
that is a phenomenal return, an absolutely phenomenal return. I mean, three would be great. It's crazy, isn't it? Three would be great. Um, but yeah, hundred, yeah, four would be. I think four's, yeah, would be an incredible, really. Yeah. There we go. Middlesbrough. Safe trip to the baggies going up to Middlesbrough on Saturday. Um, I'll be watching under the table on my phone at the wedding <laughs> yeah. that I'm going to be at. Um, hopefully shirking my usher duties and uh, being able to watch the Albion. Um, right, we're coming to the end. As we've all heard, it's Joe, it is Joe's last pod. Um, he's, he's 15 years Joe's been with the Midlands News Association. Um, man and boy, as man a boy. news reporter, sports reporter. Um, so before we have just a little bit of fun at the end of the podcast, gonna bring you, we're going to fire some quick quiz questions at Massey about his time covering the Albion. See how, oh, see no, how much he's remembered. Quizzes, see I'm how much he's remembered. Man. Um, but first, I just want to bring. Uh, well, I just want to just want to play something. Um, just a few people. Joe's come across so many people um, in the job so far, um, and a few people had a little bit of a message for him as he departed. Joe's Hi, Joe. Chris Brunt here. Just heard you're leaving your role, mate. Um, it was a pleasure working with you and speaking to you. And hopefully, all goes well in the future. And all the best. Good luck, pal. Speak to you soon. Hi, Joe. Nigel Quasi. Hope you're well. I just want to say it was a pleasure to meet you. I really appreciate your time and giving me the opportunity to be on your podcast. And I'm wishing you, your family, nothing but the best for the future. Good luck. Right, and I'm not famous or anything, but um, I just wanted to say to Joe, thank you for everything, mate. You, you know how much you've helped me over the last couple of years during a really tough time for me, personally. And I just wanted to say you'll smash your new job. I'm really, really pleased that I can call you a friend for life now. Brought together by the Albion, that sounds a bit wrong, but it's the truth. Um, wish you all the very, very best in your new job. I know you'll be a success. And as I say, pleasure to get to know you over the last couple of years. I know you've been an Albion fan for life now, and just wishing you the very best. Cheers, mate. See you later. This is John Homer, um, West Bromwich Albion, FC Supporters Club and uh, raconteur and i've uh, really enjoyed raconteuring with you joe it's been an absolute pleasure to deal with you we've always had sensible conversations with a little bit of humor laced in there as well and i hope that whatever you're doing in the future it goes down well i suppose to use an american expression way to go joe and the most important thing of all of course is keep out the off road mate you look after yourself above all be happy boing boing hi joe AJ here i hear you leaving and I hear this is a family podcast, so I won't swear, but uh, we're all delighted you're going, mate. We didn't like you that much anyway, and uh, Johnny was always our favourite. Um, I hope whoever takes your place is uh, a lot better than you, well, he obviously will be. And we'll have a little bit of competition for our uh, podcast then, which you still owe me breakfast for. Champagne breakfast as well, may I not add. Uh, <laughs> all joking aside, pal, it's been great to know you. Uh, we've had some great laughs over the, the last few years, and uh, I wish you all well in your next venture. Whatever that may be, and I'm not going to comment. Take care, pal. Cheers, mate. Hi, Joe. Remain so is here. Just wanted to wish you all the best in your next adventure. It's been great working with you over the years at both Forsen and West Brom. You're one of the good guys in the industry. And wherever you go and whoever you join, they'll have a great addition to their team. Take care. I wish you all the best in your next chapter. Right, there we go. Some uh, familiar Albion voices um, and some lovely messages for Joe. Um, Joe's just what he's done in his job over this time. Um, oh mate, you absolutely destroyed <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, right, 
couldn't just on, let sorry. me go, could you? You couldn't just let me go. Like I can't believe that. I'm massively like overwhelmed. I don't know. Of course what to we couldn't let like... you go. Of course we couldn't just let you go. Right, we're gonna do a little quiz, testing your Albion knowledge. Quick fire. Oh um, man. Right. Joe took over in the 1920 season. This um, is crazy. Like, I can't process all this information. Like, it's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Sorry, no, so now you can ask me quiz. I can't believe we've got messages from people. I can't believe I'm really, I'm really like touched with Remain as well. Um, Lovely guy. Lovely guy. Because, like, a, yeah, mental. Mental. Thank you very much. No problem at all. That's um, crazy. Right. You mentioned it. One of your favourite Albion games, Albion beat Swansea 5 1 um, in December 2019. Who got the fourth goal that day for Albion? What was the question? I didn't even listen to the question, mate. What? Sorry, Albion beat Swansea five-one. It was one of your favourite games. All oh, right, yeah. Who got the fourth five. goal that day for Albion? Uh, so Pereira got. Did he get four? He got four, didn't he? Was it, did he get four? Three and six? I can't. I can't remember now. Um, Quick fire! Come on, guess. Uh, Grady. No, Matt Phillips. Oh, all right, okay. Um, in January 2020, West Brom lost 2-1 away at Cardiff. Who got a winner late on for Cardiff? Was it Lee Tomlin? It was Lee Tomlin. Correct. Um, December 2020, Albion lost to Villa, Liverpool, Leeds and Arsenal. There's a bit of a negative question. <laughs> Villa, Liverpool, Leeds and Arsenal, all in the space of four games. Um, how many goals did they concede across them four games? Right, hang on. This is like, so unfair. I'm absolutely like gobsmacked by all those messages. I can't even believe it. Like, I can't believe it. Um, right, what so who are we playing? Who like Villa, we playing? Liverpool, Leeds, and Arsenal. Villa, Liverpool, in December 2020. Leeds, and Arsenal. It's just quick fire, yeah. I know, but I get, we'll stop. Don't, don't put four teams in it then. Villa, we lost four, I think. Then who, who was the next one? Leeds, I think we lost Liverpool, three. To, Arsenal. I think, well, I'm gonna go 14. 13. 13? Yeah. Bonus point. Well, second question. Across those four games, Albion only scored one goal. Who was yeah. it against? Leeds? No, Liverpool. And who, for a bonus point, who got the goal? Shemi Ajay. Shemi Ajay. Did we lose that? We, we drew that game, didn't we? Drew we? that game, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a bizarre game. I remember that game so well because Albion were absolutely battered they and they were battered. battered. And then yeah. Sam Allardyce came on his post-match afterwards and said it wasn't a fluke that we drew. And it absolutely <laughs> was a fluke that we drew. We never deserved to take anything yeah. from that game. Yeah. Um, Albion, after drawing on the first day last season, Albion won four on the banks. The, the best winner of that was against Sheffield United, a 4-0 win. Who scored the fourth that day or evening, shall I say? Um, this is Valble. Valble. Uh... Carlin? No, Callum Robinson. <laughs> um, in Val's last game in charge, Albion lost 2 0 away at Millwall. Who scored Millwall second at the den that afternoon? I don't know. Um, I can't remember who they had up front. Benekafobe? Was it Benekafobe? Yeah. Benekafobe. Is that right? Yeah, it is right. Yeah. Your last league game covering Albion was a win over Blackpool. Who scored the final goal that afternoon? Uh, 
Lassie, I thought you would be better than this. Adam Reed. Oh, Carlin Grant. Did Reed score in that game, though? Yeah, he scored a really good nice lob, didn't he? Oh, there you go. That's what I remember. Yeah, yeah. A final question. It's not fair. If you'd asked me this at the start of the podcast, <laughs> I don't know. I'd have got more answers. Across your, uh, across your time as Albion reporter, how many cup games did you cover for Albion? Oh, not many. <laughs> not many. I don't, I don't. Three? Eight. Eight, right. Eight cup games. Four. You got four right there. I'll give you that. Your head's a bit pickled, and it's your last one. Your yeah, I'm a bit pickled, mate. I'm a bit um, pickled. But there you go. That's the end of this episode of the Baggies Broadcast. It's been a fantastic ride. Um, it's fair to say, Joe, as you can say, by the messages that have come in from famous people or from supporters, um, you've been a top correspondent for this newspaper, um, whether it be Walsall, Shrewsbury or West Brom. Um, and I'd just like to say the job that you've done with Albion has been absolutely fantastic. Working alongside you has been brilliant. It's been a pleasure to do every week. Um, I've loved every minute of it, You know, learning from someone like yourself. Uh, the podcast and the videos we do are the highlight of my week, um, or highlight of my working week. Um, and we're massively going to miss you, pal. You've got an infectious personality. Uh, everyone can see that, you know, it works around your class to work with. And we can tell that by all the messages you receive. And it just shows what a fantastic job you've done. So good luck. Hopefully Albion and Salop are, uh, are drawn together in the League Cup or the FA Cup. Yeah. Um, so we can have that. a bit of a Massey, a Massey Midlands derby. Um, fingers crossed that happens. Um, we'll have to get someone at the FA or the AFL to put some hot balls into the pot or something to try and uh, try and get it fixed. Because I can't remember Shrewsbury playing West Brom in a cup game um, before. But it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, pal. Um, anything you'd like to say? Finally, like to say? Um, just that, uh, yeah, this podcast has been the best. Uh, I can't say it any other way. I feel like this is how we've really connected with people. But like I'm really connected with fans. I mean, obviously, I write a lot of stories and stuff, but I do feel like it's this this podcast and these videos that have done it. Um, yeah, just yeah, can't. I don't know what to say, mate. I feel just I feel massively overwhelmed. Feels a bit surreal, really, to be honest. Um, but I've just loved every second of it. I love said when I tweeted like everyone's been amazing really Every, everyone from Albion Persuasion has been absolutely amazing so many people say nice things to me and I'm going into the ground and stuff and I'm going to miss it I really am um yeah feels weird mate feels very 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 strange very strange well, indeed. well we're all going to miss you I'll be back next week at the baggage broadcast be a be little bit of a different setup in the next couple of weeks I think it's going to be myself and Nathan Judah will be bringing you the uh, the baggage broadcast in the next couple of weeks um, and we'll be, hopefully be reflecting on a win at Middlesbrough and looking ahead to Watford on the Monday night. So, as always, thanks for listening. It's goodbye from me. And for the final time on the Baggies broadcast, it's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye, everyone. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs>